Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? This weekend, for the first time in 75 years, Los Angeles will host Golf's U.S. Open. NBC's lead play-by-play commentator, Dan Hicks, says the USGA event belongs in L.A. Los Angeles is a great sports town. It is just an incredible sports town. Look at all the great history you've got there, all the iconic moments. You know, and we started off, you know, since going only the second U.S. Open there, I mean, Ben Hogan won at Riviera. I mean, it's, it's about time it came back. And um, it's just, it, it's a city that deserves big-time championship like this. So Los Angeles is going to be its hosted Olympics. It's hosted the first Super Bowl, you know, from the Kirk Gibson moment. I mean, it's it's had a lot of things, but it's it really has been too long since the U.S. Open has been there. So uh, the national championship coming back to California, it was uh, it's meant to be. In the shadow of the PGA Tour, Live Golf, and DP World Tour merger, Hicks says Hollywood is the perfect place at the perfect time for the year's third major. Yeah, that's the reason I got into sports. I mean, I, it's fantasy. It's uh, it's the best reality show on television. And um, I think I think it comes at the perfect time. I really do. I think that sports has a way of uh, winning the day. <laughs> and I think, uh, I think our game needs it now more than ever. And I also said that, uh, you know, the North Course is, is the perfect, I think, the perfect venue to deliver all of that. I mean, we've got, you know, let's 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 hope for it not to be too, uh, you know, too, I mean, Pollyannish about the whole thing. But we've, we're right in the middle of Hollywood. Let's let's write a great Hollywood script, and this is the best way to, this is the best way to, I think, counter with everything we've seen in golf. So I think it's the perfect place, the perfect championship, and the right time because we need it. Hicks, analysts Brad Faxon and Paul Lazinger, and on-course reporter John Wood say the players and their NBC producers Tommy Roy and Tommy Randolph will focus on golf, just as everyone has done since the first major in the PGA Live era at last year's Masters. Whoever wins the U.S. Open, it's going to take some focus. But I think when you get these guys in, and I think Fax obviously and Zink can speak to this, you get in that cocoon as an, as an athlete and a player, I, I I really don't think that these guys, when they have a chance to win a championship like this, are, are going to be thinking anything other than how am I going to lift that big trophy. So um, it'll be interesting. The vibe will be different. There's no doubt about it. The players will be coming to town. They'll be asked about it. And uh, But I think when, um, when the gun goes off on Thursday, um, I, I think that's going to be a relief for everyone. I really do. Hey. Hey Zing, can I jump yeah. in on this for a sec? Zing, yeah. let me let me just Go say ahead. one thing because because I, I you know I think about what Dan just said and think about when when Fred Ridley, who's obviously the host of the Masters, had all these players from Live come in to compete against the PGA Tour players since the first time, it was basically said, hey look, we're going to all get along. There's going to be no distractions here, and and I think the USGA has the ability to do that as well and say, hey look. Let's make this the U.S. Open. Let's not make this two different tours. Let's not make this about uh, the what ifs, because as many questions as we all have, there's no answers to this yet. You know, the um, I don't even think the the governing bodies, the PGA Tour and, and um, the Public Investment Fund, they don't know the answers to the questions we all want because they're 
they're still working on this. It's not a done deal, right? This is there's a letter of intent out there. There's a lot of stuff to go on, and I think this is hey, the message is going to be the same as what Ridley did at the Masters. It's going to be let's play golf, let's all get along. Let me just also remind everybody that Tommy Roy is our boss. So when we show up, trust me, it is all business and it is live golf. And everything that Tommy Roy and Tommy Randolph and his entire crew, there's too many people to name. Um, the preparation and the scouting that has gone into this golf tournament and the way that they want to present and showcase this golf tournament Thursdays when that all clicks into gear, boys and girls. So men and women, that's when it all starts to happen. And when we get there on Monday or Tuesday, the second all of us see Tommy Roy's face, we're going to know what our priority is. And it's live golf, not opinions and not, you know, innuendo. We don't know what's coming. Like Brad said, but we know one thing. We got two best producers, you know, in the world getting ready to try to produce a U.S. Open to the best of their ability. And we're going to try to call it. And that's going to be a relief to everybody because it's live golf and we're going to get a, you know, we're going to know the second we set up property, aren't we guys? It's, we're going to work. It's called a live U.S. Open. Especially majors, but any time you're competing at any level, this was like this for, for me as a caddy and now as an announcer. But once you get inside the ropes, all that outside noise just goes away. I mean, you don't even have to make an effort to get it out of your head, um, especially as a player. You know, it, at a U.S. Open, if your mind's wandering for a second on something else, you got a double bogey on your card. So it's not a difficult thing to get all that outside noise. Once you're inside the ropes, hitting shots, calling shots, all that noise just goes away. Live golfer Brooks Kepka opened up about his struggles in the Netflix series Full Swing. Azinger, Hicks, and Wood discuss Kepka's turnaround to win the most recent major, last month's PGA Championship, and how he's able to focus on the biggest stages in the sport. Well, talk about a 180. Brooks Kepka made a 180 because he looked, you're right, you described it perfectly. And um, he was injured and it just didn't look like uh, we would ever see what we saw. But I think everybody has so much respect for his ability now and swagger. And uh, it's hard to have anything you know negative to say um, about a guy that can win five major championships and be injured a lot. You know, uh, and back it up. I remember when he he said he was the most confident player in the field uh, going into the U.S. Open, the first one he won, I think. We're like, how? It might have been at Oakmont, but either way, it was like, how did he feel that way? Because he wasn't playing that way coming in, and but he backs it up, and you got to have a lot of respect for that guy. He, you have to earn your respect, you know, sometimes. And I think when you, you get in the mindset that he was in on camera for all the world to see and then turn it around to become the champion that he's become, it's just the kind of stuff you should write books about. I came away with the same thing watching the Netflix and, and Kepka. It was just a totally different guy than we were exposed to, you know, in his public life as a golfer. And that, that really told you, I think, of how much Kepka missed the limelight. I think he missed, he missed the electricity of being in the hunt. And it, no matter how low-key Kepka seems to be with his persona on the outside, because uh, he's always like, oh, you know, he's got this kind of monotone response. I, I, think it, I think no one enjoys it more than he does. Even though he seems to be the most 
low key guy out there. It's not like a bunch of big uh, fist pumps and jumping around, but I, I think he missed that. And I think Zinger nailed it when he said it. once he got healthy, he was able to be the guy that he once was. And we always talk about how guys are wired for different uh, tournaments and the big ones. He's, he's, he's wired for it. He's got the, he's got the it factor for it all. And some guys do, and some guys don't, especially at the highest level of the sport. There's a fine line at this, at this point between fragility and honesty. Um, and I think, I think Brooks was being honest. I think a lot of guys out there, when they get in those slumps or get injured, feel and think the exact same thing, but they're afraid to say it. They're afraid to talk about it uh, to make it too real. I think Brooks was, was saying that out loud, to be honest, to know that is something he had to deal with. He had to confront it and, and get past it. So um, I think he was being extremely honest, and it came off as, as fragile, I agree. But I think that was his way of saying, yes, I am struggling. Yes, I'm not the same person right now, but I'm, I'm fighting it, and I'm going to get back to it. PGA Tour standard bearer Rory McIlroy typically wins tournaments with double-digit under-par scores. While the U.S. Open doesn't play that way, Faxon and Azinger think he's up for this week's challenge on and off the course, while Wood says Rory's birdie game will be tested. I don't think Rory cares at all what the winning score is going to be. He just wants to win. Um, here's a competitor player that's a competitive player that's won 23, now 24 PGA Tour events. He's run around the world. He's won the U.S. Open. He's won three other major championships. Um, I don't think Rory cares if he wins, if it's five under par, five over par, or 15 under par. He's capable to do of any of those. Um, uh, and, and I think, like Zinger said, we, we can have a very compelling U.S. Open. And, and so it's particularly with Tommy Roy. I mean, you know, if, if it's the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills that was 17, 18 under par with Kepka uh, winning, or if it's plus one like Justin Rose at, at Marion, I mean, who cares? Uh, as long as you have a top field uh, battling out down the stretch, we're going to make that thing and bring it out to the best of our abilities. Also, you know, you take what your game is giving you that week, and boy, when Roy gets it going, you know, I think that's the real message that he capitalizes, you know, when it's going like that a lot to to create an eight shot victory. You know, those don't come around all that often, um, and then the way that he, you know, can kind of manhandle a course i think he should be able to manhandle golf courses now more so than ever before watching him play but there's got to be a lot going on in his head you know that's always going to be the thing with rory whether you know what just happened (laughs) happened or not and uh, this is just adds to the things that must be running through his head Uh, so i'm uh sure that physically rory is just one of those guys when it's happening and it clicks and he's doing it, it might be 15 under. And like Brad said, he doesn't care, but it's clutch to get that second putt to go to two shots ahead. And it's clutch to go to three ahead and four ahead and five ahead. And that's what it is. And that's what he did. So I'll close with that. If I had to put my finger on one thing uh, in his game that that maybe hasn't he hasn't been successful in, in single shot, single uh, number events is he's an explosive player. His game is predicated on making a ton of birdies. Um, and you can do that. Uh, but at a U.S. Open, I don't care how good you're playing. Birdies are hard to come by. 
Um, so I think maybe, you know, when the scores get more birdie fest or in the 8, 10, 12 area, I think he's more successful because then he can make birdies. But at a U.S. Open, like I said, I don't care how good you're playing, birdies are tough to come by. Um, and Rory, uh, you know, can make a ton of birdies most weeks. U.S. Open, it's a different story. Wood says weather won't be a factor, which will play into the hands of the USGA's pin placement. Azinger and Faxon look forward to the Los Angeles Country Club's unique challenge amid the starry landscape of its Beverly Hills neighborhood. I think it's far enough away from the ocean where you don't get those ocean breezes and they're not as intense. Um, You know, cool mornings in the 70s, it's going to top out all week. So I don't think weather doesn't look like any rain. I don't think weather is going to have any impact on this tournament at all. Um, I think, you know, the fact that USGA can, can plan for no rain means they can get it exactly what kind of firmness they want and that's that's Mm -hmm. the key to golf to hard golf is how firm are the greens how firm the fairways Mm -hmm. can you keep the ball in those uh, slanted fairways so um weather i don't think will be an issue at all uh the par threes i think there's such a great variety to them already and the usga has really taken it upon themselves in recent years to use different tees different angles um, and so the players have to be ready for so much more, especially with five of them. Um, I think players are going to have to do a lot of preparation on those par threes, knowing what tees they'll potentially use to different pins. So uh, Zinger, in fact, you know the course better than I do, so uh, jump in there. Well, you make a great point because it, it creates like 20 different possible shots on those five holes over four days. They, they really can manipulate where the holes cut and how they – want to move the tee around it creates tremendous variety and that you know Gil Hans was really just bragging on George Thomas's ability to create that variety did three courses pretty much all at once Bel Air, Riv and LACC and they're all masterpieces and they're all completely different and uh, this that's the, like the par threes they're all masterpieces and they're all completely different. You know, Zing, let me just jump up in here. And, you know, I think some of the exciting parts of being in L.A. and Hollywood was mentioned. You're going to see Lionel Richie's house. You're going to see the Playboy Mansion. You're going to see so many cool varieties there. The elevation changes from the low point in the course, maybe by 2T17 green, all the way back up to 13, 14. Um, these players are going to have just an incredible opportunity to um, see – see things they'll never see in a U.S. Open setup. NBC Sports will televise and stream over 200 hours beginning Monday with Golf Central live from the U.S. Open on Golf Channel. Peacock will go live at 9.40 a.m. Eastern on Thursday and Friday and noon on Sunday. USA Network has the first and second rounds from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern with NBC and Peacock in primetime Thursday and Friday from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern Saturday from 1 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and Sunday from 1 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast. And find us wherever you listen, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.